and welcome to the big show. This is Dim Lights and Stiff Drinks, the dive bars of Seattle. We are the podcast that sets out to examine dive bars and historic drinking establishments with a, a seedy backstory behind it. But we're not just recording in the confines of some home studio, nay. Hey. No, no, no. And we say nay because we are live on location. Tonight we are in West Seattle, which is our first West Seattle visit, and we are at Pokey Tavern. And Bob, tell us all very specifically where are we at? The Junction, baby. We are at the Junction. Conjunction function. That's right. It's the heart of West Seattle. It's where Alaska meets California, and it's named after it used to be a streetcar junction. Two lines met here, and the name stuck. Streetcar Junction. The more you know. The more you know. Well, joining us as always is our producer extraordinaire, Bob Trombley. Hey, now. And, of course, uh, Lou Dog to my right. Back in business. And, Jeremy, what's what's your nickname today? You're always changing. MC Tots. MC Tots? Okay. All right. There's a whole backstory with that. We're going to get into it later. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. MC Tots. Tell them about the Tots now. No, no, no. Don't jump ahead. Well, we've been on a slight hiatus. There's just been a lot going on, vacations and the hustle and bustle of the holidays and all kinds of stuff. So this is our first recording in what, like about a month, I would say? Yeah, since the yeah, listeners would be like, oh, wait a second, I just listened to an episode yesterday. What the hell's going on? Yeah. It's a time warp thing. But yeah, it's been about a month since we've been together. Good to see your ugly mugs. All right. <laughs> Merry Christmas to all and happy holidays. This is going to be our one of our uh, Christmas episodes. Christmas episode, Christmas right. episode Christmas yeah. Episode. Last episode was Thanksgiving. This is Christmas. Well, as we said, we're at Pogi Tavern in uh, West Seattle. You know, this one has a pretty interesting story, just like they all do. So the Pogi Tavern has reportedly been a bar in this location since at least 1934. In 1936, it became known as the Pogi Inn, followed by it becoming known as the Pogi Tavern sometime in the 40s. Who's Pogi? Well, that's a good question, Lou. So as far as where the name came from, there is a local fishing club called the Pogi Club, and I'm pretty sure that's where it got its name. Like, I don't know if the Pogi Club was meeting here back in the day, or if they just decided to have kind of like a... A fishing theme, because you see it throughout the bar, right? Like even their 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 mascot is a fish. Yeah. So uh, so it came from fishing term, either the club or the, the term itself. So we don't know what a pogey is. Uh, what is a pogey? Do you know? Is it a type of fish? I believe it's a type of fish. Actually. Okay. Okay. Saltwater, right? You yeah. Catch out. Clearly, a bunch of hardcore fishermen amongst this group. Yeah. Yep. Salmon. What does that mean? <laughs> Buddy, you're talking to a 12-year fishmonger, so you better come with some respect. Yeah, well, yeah, and you're, you, you are the one who said the pogey was a fish. Senior tots. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so like all other longtime taverns, the pogey's past does include a couple good crime stories. Ooh, all right. Stick up. <laughs> so Dateline. Stolen fish. 1956. It was a late winter's night when a bartender was outside the pogey throwing rock salt on the sidewalk when a guy came up behind him, put a gun to his back, and marched him inside 
where the robber then took cash from the register before fleeing out the door. Now, that's kind of like your garden variety stick-up, right? They straight up. Straight up. They take money from the cash register. They flee, never to be seen again. Was that the Deluxe or uh, the Baranoff with a similar, with the snubby to the back? No, that was the, the Deluxe, deluxe kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, where the guy used the, the bar's <laughs> hand truck to load up, load up the safe. Yeah, this well, is this much just, less sophisticated. Yeah, this is much this less. This guy is this, just like smash and grab. Now, the story itself, like I said, it's pretty standard. But it was what the robber said that made this particular robbery stand out. Because when the robber stuck the gun to his back, this is what he said to him. And I quote, just be a good boy and everything will be all right. Like, how creepy is that? Just be a good boy and everything will be all right? Is that creepy or condescending or a little bit of both? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it depends how he said it, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't like either way. No. Either way. Yeah. But if you were walking down the street, what yeah, would, if some guy like, came up, would you rather hear, give me your wallet, or would you rather hear, be a good, be a good boy and everything will be all right? I, personally, no. I'd rather hear, give me your wallet. Well, you know, it's a different time, different era. Good boy, right? Right. And again, it's how he said it. Was he like, be, be a, a fine, good... Be a fine fellow. Yeah, was he like, be a good boy and everything will be all right? Or was he like, oh, be a good boy and everything will be all right? <laughs> you know, it's like how, it's how it was said, It's probably. all in the delivery. It's all in it's the, all the delivery. In the delivery. <laughs> but anyway, whatever, though, this guy ended up getting the, the money from the cash register and taken off. Uh, and somewhere around 1969-1970, it appears that the original Pogi Tavern was demolished and was replaced with the current building that we're sitting in now. I'm not really sure why it was demoed. I don't know if there was a fire, if it was just an old building they decided to have something newer. But anyway, it was, it was demoed and the new Pogi emerged. Two years later... In 1972, police arrested a bookie at the Pogi after he sold sport betting cards to an undercover cop. So I was like a good bookie story, right? Our kind of guy. Our kind of guy, yeah. We're sitting in front of a big stack of uh, pull tabs, so <laughs> we're, we're starting to become a bunch of degenerates, so props to the That's bookies. right. How, how have we done so far? Let's do a recap. We did 12, 12 and we won tabs, two. $2, so what is that? 18% return Eight. on your investment. That's right. There's no way to lose. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like free money. Yeah. You can't lose. Currently, the Pogi is owned by the Stedmans, who own several other local bars, including oh, they own Targis. The water wheel, right? Or not the... Uh, uh, Targis. Targis. Targis yes. and a number of others. So, yeah, they kind of have a little uh, monopoly going of sorts. But they, they seem to do a good job. They seem to be good stewards of their bars. Like all the bars we visited that have been owned by the Stedmans, which is a husband and wife team, they all seem to be really cool bars. So they're doing something right. Everyone that works here has worked here forever. Yeah, that's exactly. A good sign. Same as Targis. Yeah, yeah, totally. exactly. That is a good sign. This is a lot for the ownership, right? Yeah. Keeping people around. I would yeah. say so. So yeah. props to the Stedmans. Pogies is known as Little Reno for all the 45 different pull tabs they have at the front. And they even have little like Reno. It's little not Reno, little Vegas. No, little, little Reno. Reno. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that's its nick- nickname. Is there a rundown amusement park behind the casino? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to take a peek. Now, looking around this place, uh, which is pretty cool, they have items and artifacts from other West Seattle bars that have closed over the years. Yeah. So when they close, they kind of take some artifacts and. They, they end up kind of, this is the resting place for some of the, the, the previous West Seattle bars that didn't make it. This includes a um, anchor from the original, was it the Tug's Tavern, Bob? You were telling me about that. Mm-hmm. The Tug Tavern, right the Tug Tavern yeah. which is right 
pretty much right next door. Now, this is pretty cool. So right when you walk in, there's a little glass display case. It's lit up. Bob, I was showing this to you when we first walked in. And there's a flask sitting there in this glass display case. So one of the regulars, his name was Klaus. Always snuck in his own booze. Uh, well, he passed <laughs> away, I don't know how long, sometime in the last 10 years. And his wish was to be put in a flask and be, have this be his resting place. They honored his wishes, and so his remains in the flask Whoa. are on display right next to the bar. Wow. Which I think is pretty cool. I mean, it's one thing to have a stool named after you after you pass away at your favorite watering hole. Well, exactly. But to actually have your remains. Your eternal your, stool. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty badass. Yeah. I, I wish you would have told me that before I poured my drink in there. <laughs> <laughs> Tried warning you, Jeremy. Tried warning you. How did he taste, by the way? Uh, a little salty. A little salty. <laughs> well, I guess the joke is... Passion. So, uh... Uh, Trish, the bartender, was telling me, I guess the, the running joke is when people learn about that, they always ask, like, are all his remains in that, in that flask? And I guess the, the punchline is, no, just his drinking arm. But that is a pretty good return. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, this has just been kind of like a really cool neighborhood bar that's been here since the 30s. You know, a couple cool crime stories. Um, and with that... What do you guys think about the story of the pogi? That's great. And I was going to say, you know, West Seattle now is almost like a la Ballard. You know, big nightlife. You walk yeah. up and down California, a bar. Pretty yeah. much almost every establishment you can go and get a drink. Definitely. But, new you know, breweries. before 2000, pogies was one of the few establishments that you could get a drink. Pogi, across the way, which is now Tallarico's, used to be the New Luck Toy, which Mark Fuller former owner of Mao Ono, has reopened down in California, but it was New Luck Toy if you wanted to get a drink. It was here, a little Chinese restaurant, or you had the Corner Pocket, or you had the Maharaja. So there was really only about mm, almost four establishments in West Seattle, that you, or eh, not to mention the Port of Vallarta, if you wanted to have some fun next Which door. is still there. Still Is there. a strip club? No, it's a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so it was one of the few <laughs> places that How you could you get a drink. How did you Port of Vallarta being a strip club, Lou? Oh, the best strip clubs were in Port of Vallarta. <laughs> You didn't know that? No. But now, but now it's funny. West Seattle nowadays, it's like you come by Pogies. It's almost not no man's land, but it's like kind of yeah. kind of quiet, seldom, and not really. It's not a hipster bar. Thank God. That's a good point. Yeah. Otherwise, we would not be here. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's correct. correct. There's a couple of things you mentioned, Brad, that, that are, are like some common themes that we've experienced in, episode, or in seasons one and two, a lot of the bars that we visited. One, 1934. Very common year for a lot of start a lot of uh, you know, a lot of the classic starting for some yep. of the classic dives we've been to around that 32, 34 kind of time frame. Yep. So it's kind of cool right to when see Pogi started. Was repealed, yep, yep. Pogi started right around there too. Second nautical theme, very common. Like I uh, lost count of all the bars that had like kind of the nautical, <laughs> you know, nautical theme with like fish the and ropes and anchors and stuff yep. all over the damn place. Right? Yeah, Baranoff. The Baranoff. Yep. Yep, for sure. And yeah, the the other kind of yeah, thing that's, that's cool that, that we've seen in a lot of places too is is memorabilia from dive bars that have passed. You know that have uh, that are no longer with us. And it's pretty cool to go to a a bar that's pretty awesome to hang out with in its own right, but also to look around and see you know remnants of, of bars that uh, that are no longer with us. Some that we remember, some that we don't. Yeah, pretty cool to see that. Love it. Here, here. Yeah, this is a good place to be. We're across the street from one of the 
last remaining, best remaining record stores in town, Easy Street yep. Records. Yep. Shout out to Easy Street. Shout out to Easy Street. Definitely. And it's like Easy Street Records and Cafe now. So you go in there, they get get some breakfast. You can get your Reverend Horton Heat hash. Ah, good call, yeah. Yeah, it's delicious, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. There's not a lot of surviving. Remember when there was a record store on uh, three on every block in yeah. all the neighborhoods? <laughs> I miss those days. <laughs> yep. Yeah, record stores and bookstores. Kind of yeah. Yeah. Sadly so. Yeah. yeah, so this is a good place to be. Uh, Jeremy, you want to tell us about uh, what you decided to put in your belly tonight? What, what, did you, what you drinking, man? Yeah, well, we can talk about what you're drinking. Real quick, uh, riffing on what you're talking about. I, at, I was at the airport a few days ago. Sub Pop had a store there, which was yeah. fucking closed, which sucked. But Another another example of something that used to be a staple Seattle, you know, kind of stalwart, and now you know, very much uh, gone, except for some remnants like the sub pop at the airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. All right. So, w- what you're drinking? A um, couple things that are pretty cool about Pogi that is both consistent with what we've seen in dive bars, both in this area and around in seasons one and two, but also fairly unique. So, I'll shout out before I get into what I'm drinking, what's on tap. A little unusual. Pabst Blue Ribbon, not unusual. A lot of, uh, very, very See common in the bars. Yep. But just read an article a couple weeks ago. Best cheap beers. Guess what was number one? This was like 23 of the top cheap beers. The Guess beer what was no, uh, based on like taste. Uh, yeah, this most, nationwide mostly just, or just uh, PMW? This nationwide. 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 Okay. Rainier. Guess what was number one? Rainier. No. No, that's, that's regional. Paps Blue Paps, Ribbon. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Paps Blue Ribbon. Rainier was actually not even on the list, which I thought was kind of shitty. Well, it wouldn't be on shitty, a nationwide list. But, yeah. yeah anyway. No, we, we know Paps Blue Ribbon is shit, right? Well, well, a lot of hipsters are now going to be gunning for you. It's too. shit. PBR would always give me the rumble gut, for yes, the record. exactly. It's like Meister Brow, it's a rumble gut beer. <laughs> <laughs> the best of that list. But is amongst like the, the rumble gut beers, <laughs> what's the best gut. one? That's really right. There you go. Yeah. Well, it had kind of a hipster revival <laughs> sometime really, about 10 years no, ago. Milwaukee's right? Early best. Early 2000s. And, uh, natural it was light. Kind of a hip and, uh, yeah. Ice house. Yeah. And, you know, all that kind of shit, right? Yeah. Paps number one. All right. Uh, well. What you drinking, Jeremy? What I'm drinking is not a rumble gut beer. It's actually quite delicious, amazing beer. A beer that we've had that's fairly rare at a dive bar, but we have actually had in dive bars before. This is a Sea Pine Brewery. You talked about this. Been a, it's yeah. uh, Sea Pine's been on a few dive bars that we. Yeah, this is always uh, good. Yeah, for sure. Super, super popular. Uh, gained popularity probably in the last four to five years or so. Started off tiny, tiny, tiny. Couldn't find them anywhere. Now they're you know, so popular you can actually find them in a dive bar. Yeah, we've seen like three of our last four uh, bars had sea pine. Totally. Right. Yeah, yeah. Coming out, of, coming out of the woodwork. This is a sea pine Hefeweizen, which nice. uh, we talked about this three episodes ago. Seems like for uh, for a while there, Hefeweizens were everywhere. Oh, Widmer Hefeweizen was like a, a tap on every fucking bar and every yeah. fucking corner, right? Yeah, Gone. Nice. We went through a phase, a dry spell, if you will, where Hefeweizens were very hard to find, either in the store and or on tap. And now it kind of seems like it's coming, kind, kind of Plant coming back. Well, yeah, a little bit, hazy, little bit of resurgence. With the hazy. Yep. Yep. Do you think 20 years from now that's going to happen with IPAs where people are going to be like, oh, man, remember when IPAs used to be everywhere and now you can barely find them? I bet. 
Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. We're gonna, we're gonna, there's going to ebb and flow. We're going to wax and wean. Yeah. IPA is going to lose a little bit of luster, and then they're going to kind of come, come back and maybe be like a retro, uh, <laughs> retro style or something. That's my prediction. Yeah, IPA is never going away because IPA has the highest alcohol content. So. <laughs> it's, it's here to stay. The hard stuff. Yeah. You're probably not wrong. You want a high octane beer, you get an IPA, right? Sometimes, yeah, especially the Imperials, right? But we're seeing some, uh, we're seeing some like high octane uh, stouts and porters, which are kind of fun. Barrel aged, super popular right now. Yep. Not so much in dive bars, but you know. Hey, check out what I'm drinking. Did you notice the tap handle with the little lion on it? Yeah, yeah. what was that? I was Is wondering that about that. Aslan Brewery. Aslan, yeah. Aslan, but yeah. that's not this one though. She said this is a brand new one they got, and it's called, it's an Asian IPA. Oh, really? Yeah, kind of like a, and it tastes kind of like a Sing Tao Sapporo uh, lager version of an IPA with a little sweetness. Yeah, it's and it's yeah, it's got like three or four things going on. It's pretty cool. Check it out. Yeah, it's really good. Now we are at Pogi's Tavern, and Pogi's Tavern is in West Seattle. And what else is in West Seattle? Right up the street is the Beer Junction. So we're gonna give a little shout out to them. Morgan started the Beer Junction a few years ago. They have a lot of beers, and it's oh, in the junction. The it's kind of, it's called the Beer Junction, and you could have like crazy taps on handles, and like it's not a dive bar, but it is a good spot, and it's good people. So, quick shout out to the Beer Junction. Nice. It, it is not a dive bar; it's a beer bar, right? A, a, a tap house. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. think uh, spin off from Dim Lights and Stiff Drinks, huh? Tap House, right? Tap houses. Right, going the beers and them. We can talk about it. Talk about it. It's gonna be Jeremy just like going crazy. <laughs> Man, I'm so fucking drunk. I'm, on, I'm tap 36. Live streaming. Trying to get a segment on what you're drinking. Well, this one. I'll check this out. Oh my god. Well, well, it would be all about the flights, right? Most of these tap houses offer flights, which yeah. is pretty badass. Something you don't see in a dive bar. That's very always often. the way to go, right? Yeah, yeah, five, six, you know, seven tasters and exactly. keep going. Yep. Yeah. Do they have a flight here? They do not. That they don't have amazing. a flight, but if you don't come correct, you might get into a... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Nice. <laughs> yeah, they have a flight. You order a pint, then you order a second pint, then you order a third pint. And after the fifth or sixth one, they say, yeah, you just had a flight, bitch. <laughs> So uh, how we, you guys want to get round two? Come back, wrap this sucker up? Yeah. Talk about the tater tots? Yeah. Go for it, man. You will not be uh, dissatisfied. All right, pilgrims, take us out. So we're back for round two. So um, did everyone get the same drink? It looks like it. Did you guys get the same beer? Did we all get the... Yeah. Also, since we're at the Pogi Tavern, we have to give a shout-out to Big Jim, the bartender who used to bartend here, who was like a famous local bartender also on the show, Northern Exposure. I think I remember... Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing used his wear, name when used, I was doing the research. Used to wear overalls. Uh, yeah. what, what, what a guy. You know, he used to serve me himself. He, he used to also be the booker for the bands that would be here on Saturday night. He would do all the booking. Yeah, okay. so, so great guy. So shout out to Big Jim. And he was on Northern Exposure? Yes. He, yeah. Yeah, it's the bartender. Oh, yeah. I, I used to watch that show. I, I remember that. Yeah. 
That's good that you remember that, Lou. We're... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah. So what are we all drinking here? We're drinking, what's it called again? One, two, three. Asian Cosmic Hazy IPA. From Aslan Brewery. Aslan yep, Brewery. Over in Oregon. Nice. Yep. And it was so delicious, all three of us got it. Well, they have, it's interesting. They have a couple Very Oregon unique. breweries because uh, my first beer was from Pelican Brewing, mm-hmm. which is Cannon Beach, I believe, down in Oregon. Yeah. And I was having their stout, so kind of interesting that they have a couple Oregon breweries. But hey, it's Pacific Northwest, so we're good with that. Yeah, and we got some great uh, Washington stuff. We got some Manny's on tap and yeah. some, well, Pabst. <laughs> Do we mention uh, you know the one unusual thing is they have a uh, hard seltzer on drafts too, which you yeah, don't I see. That. Don't see that very often in dive bars. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> great. Thanks a lot. We'll edit, edit this shit out we later. That's a surprising yeah. choice, though, because uh, at least the clientele tonight is somewhat older. But Seltzer, I think I kind of associate that with more of a younger kind of drinking crowd, right? And it is yeah, unfortunately like, it's San Juan Seltzer's brand, which is you know right up there with the uh, the infamous of the Seltzers. What, what's the infamous? White Claw. Oh, there White you go. Claw. Okay. There you go. Really? Yeah. I think a slight half a tier down would probably be San Juan. I thought San Juan was artisanal. Mm, yeah, kind of like White Claws and artisanal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which it is. Highly. Sure, okay. <laughs> There's also a couple of hard ciders on tap, too, which, you know, a year ago would have been quite unusual, or a few years ago would have been quite unusual, but we've been to. A few dive bars that have so hard, uh, yeah, no, hard ciders on draft. To have one. Yeah, usually yeah. one. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. You know yeah. what they don't have though, Jeremy? Ooh. A goddamn pumpkin beer. <laughs> <laughs> a shame, a shame, really. Because what what time of year is it? It's pumpkin season. <laughs> oh, we're still accepting applications for an assistant to the uh, to the beer gourmand. Just <laughs> keep them in check. Do, do they have a peppermint stout say, on, uh, on draft? <laughs> <laughs> Just last week was a Pacific Northwest Winter Beer Fest, a mm-hmm. very popular, amazing mm-hmm. uh, beer festival here that we go to uh, every year. Lots of Christmas uh, where's beers. Where's that at? That is over in Hangar 37 in... Oh, Magnuson Park. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you go to that every year, don't you? Yeah, hell yeah. Shout out to Magnuson. Shout out to Magnuson. Always fun. It's a you know, big-ass uh, retired... Uh, Air Force hangar, so it's a pretty cool venue. Cold as shit in there, but that's okay. You know, it's yeah. winter time. You're drinking nine percent and yeah, it feels pretty warm after a while. <laughs> nice. So one, one thing I wanted to mention: Pogi's Tavern, but both Siri and Alexa pronounced it Poggy. Poggy. Yeah, most. Yeah, Poggy. P O G G I E. Yeah, those who don't know tend to call it Poggy. Poggy. Poggy Tavern. Those well, how is it? know. How is it spelled? P-O-G-G-I-E. Like doggy. You look at it, you'll be like, oh, Poggy. But poggy. no. Is it Poggy? Poggy. Poggy. It's a hard up. Like a hoagie, but a Poggy. Oh. But Siri says Poggy. Poggy. Yeah. Wow. The hell does she know? All right. Yeah. Ask your local West Seattle uh, drunk, and he'll tell you it's the Poggy. <laughs> it's a, it's a b- Poggy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a fan of that. You can't just come over with your own pronunciations of words. Sorry, Charday. Oh, you're you, Sade over here. Sorry. So you, you think Poggy should Poggy. change their name? You're yeah. Poggy. It's Poggy. Yeah, it's Poggy. 
Okay, you heard it here first. Yeah, like the game. The kids play. <laughs> Three imbeciles mispronouncing a classic West Seattle dive bar. <laughs> well, we're all going to hell. In a handbasket. All right, so while we're uh, talking about the poggy, we should talk about West Seattle because that's the neighborhood we're in. Right, Brad? You want to do a little where we're at? Lou, why don't you tell the listeners where we're at? <laughs> We're in West Seattle, baby, and West Seattle is what? It's the biggest neighborhood in Seattle by size. It's actually a district comprised of 13 neighborhoods, same as uh, Lake City. So if you live in West Seattle, you live in Seattle. You don't live in West Seattle, right? What? Really? Yeah. No, no, it's... Or the West, as some of the younger folks might call it. Yeah, your postmaster knows you as Seattle 9810 blah, 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 right? So, and, but it's not in some bullshit neighborhood we're in tonight. This is a neighborhood that started it all, right? Um, the Denny Party landed here at Alki Beach on November 11th, 1851. Two days later, the Collins Party landed here at Alki Beach, 19, 1851. And the Collins Party was like, whoa, this is fucking hardcore over here. We're beating it to Georgetown and making beer. <laughs> <laughs> And so the Collins Party went on to settle in Georgetown, but the Denny Party actually stayed here for a year to try to make it work. Um, and they, they eventually said, fuck it, too. <laughs> yeah. Joined them not too far away. Hey, look at that yeah. beach over there. Wait, I <laughs> yeah. what's going on. Where it's flat. <laughs> so, yeah, when, uh, when they first thought West Seattle was going to be the center of the universe, its first name was New York Alki. Yeah. And Alki is a... Um, from trade jargon, meaning by and by, or in a while. So, New York in a while. Huh? Dream big? Like mm. New New York? No, like in a couple years, yeah. this is going to be as big as New York. Like Neo-New York? Yes, exactly okay, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Pseudo-New York? <laughs> and so, w- one of the stories that came out of when the Denny party landed was that several of the spouses immediately started crying when they got off the boat, because it was I like... I remember seeing that, yeah. Yeah, it, it was just rugged territory, and this place on the water, it's like way windier and way colder than Seattle. The land over here is not good for farming, and by all accounts, that first winter was particularly a uh, bad one. So, like, a lot of people got sick, a lot of people almost died. So, yeah, after a year, they legged it over to Elliott so Bay. all the women folk in that party were like, yeah, this is not going to bode well for us. <laughs> nope. Yeah. yeah. The guy's like, oh, don't worry, we'll cut some trees down, we'll make a cabin, we'll yeah, build a sawmill, it'll be no problem. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, uh, no. Uh-uh. I ain't raising my kids here. <laughs> no, I think there's a plaque where they landed to mark Yeah, the there is, on yeah. Alki Point. Yeah. So, yeah, after that, West Seattle was kind of the little neighborhood that couldn't. I think of the first Denny party, there were three people that stuck around, and there was a general store. And they opened a little sawmill, and they opened a barrel factory. Uh, take your kid to work. Come on, kids. Let's go to the barrel factory. <laughs> Woohoo! Well, you got to put that beer somewhere. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, those all went bust in a year. And it wasn't until like 30 years after the Denny Party that it was developed in the 1880s as a, as a residential community. Uh, there was a cable car that would take you from California Ave down to... Salties, where Salties is, and a ferry would take you to Seattle, and they were a holdout in terms of annexing. So West Seattle was its own town for a while, and you know they wanted local control, 
this is kind of funny, but they voted against it several times, but eventually they were so broke ass that they couldn't do what they wanted to do, which was extend the cable car like up the junction uh, or down California Ave. So they sold the cable car to, uh, or the streetcar line in 1906 to the Seattle Electric Company, and they had the muscle to extend the cable car up California Ave. And one of the things that pushed them over to decide to vote for annexing was this amusement park they opened called uh, Luna Park. In West Seattle? An amusement park in West Seattle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right on Alki Point. This thing was right. quite the place, man. Yeah, like a, like a boardwalk style? Boardwalk or? style. Oh, kind of yeah, nice. kind of a Coney Island. I had no idea. Yeah. And so at the time, it was the style at the time, Luna Park attracted vice. So there was some gambling, and there was some alcohol, and there was some hookers. When, when was this? What was the time frame of this Luna Park? Early. Uh, yeah, early 1900s, yeah. like uh, 1905 probably, something like that. And so, yeah, one of the reasons that the residents were encouraged to finally vote for annexation was it got so bad down there, they thought that the Seattle Police Department could provide a higher level of law enforcement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and how would that work for them? Yeah. <laughs> like, man, this is getting out of control. We just need to join yeah. up with Seattle. Yeah, well, SPD will clean this shit up. Well, and you can still go down and get breakfast at the Luna Park Cafe. right? When you, right Owned under, by uh, John Bennett, who uh, has invited us to visit that place for one of our episodes. So. There we go. Oh, so. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, it was funny. It was like none of them had ever been to Pioneer Square. It was just like straight Philistine. And uh, like, no, the cops are way too busy taking kickbacks in Pioneer Square to take your kickbacks. (laughs) You're on your own. Um, So, yeah, that's uh, kind of it in a nutshell. uh, But West Seattle, it still has an interesting vibe here because I know, like we, we were talking about, it is part of Seattle. You know, as far as everyone's concerned, it's it's a big part of Seattle, but it does seem removed somehow. It seems like almost another town. If you ask a lot of people who grew up in West Seattle, they will kind of tell you, you know, West Seattle, and even people in West we're, Seattle we're, kind of have its own little thing yeah. going on. We're the same. A lot of people actually refer to similar like, like the Bay Area is kind of akin to in like California for whatever reason. Some yeah. people say it's like that. But even like I went to O'Day. And all my friends go, oh, man, you live all the way out there in West Seattle. Now, let alone from downtown on the old viaduct, you'd be here in less than 10 minutes. Yeah. If you had to go to Greenwood, it's going to take you a smooth 15. So it's actually really close. But for whatever reason, people have it in their heads. It's kind of, it is like its own little island. It is a peninsula, so we're almost there. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of its own little rock. And then recently when the West Seattle Bridge was closed down, it was almost like this was like cut off from the rest of the world. (laughs) Yeah. Floating off into the ocean. Yeah. Goodbye, West Seattle. We'll we'll see you in a decade. Yeah, we should say that residents of West Seattle can now rejoice because after a two-year repair job on the bridge, it's it's finally finally open. open. So before, if you came down, you had to go all the way down to, like, the First Avenue Bridge or to White Center and cut back, depending on where you're going. Um, It's a nightmare commute. So, yeah, welcome back to the rest of the world, West Seattle. Um, As we mentioned in the Water Wheel episode... This part of town has been heavily uh, ballardized. Is that a word? Yeah. Bastardized. Ballardized. ballardized. I think that is kind of a word. Not in a good way. No. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of like full tilt high density development with thousands of new units added in the last ten years. Yeah. So the big time neighbor, the big little neighborhood that couldn't has finally hit the big time. So yeah. 
and it's still it's a different cool place than where you grew up, Bob. Street right here. Yeah, yeah it's, it's still a cool place. It remains, it remains its unique say. vibe and character. Yeah. Small town. Yeah. I think we, it's about time for another amusement park. Wouldn't we all agree? Luna Park <laughs> right? 2. Yeah, yeah, totally. You got any VCs? Yeah, and uh, you got to tell, for, uh, for a listener that has never been here, Bob, tell them about uh, why is Alki Beach the place to be? Uh, in the summertime when I was a kid, you'd go watch breakdancers. <laughs> and the guys would drive by blasting stereos, you know, bonfires in the summertime. Well, it's, you know, we, we, it's funny because a lot of out-of-towners come in, you know, such as folks from Kent, Federal Way, you Renton. know, Renton, Shoreline. It, it, Alki Beach is one of the few places you, you can still consistently see rollerbladers with leg warmers on, which is, you know, that, that in itself <laughs> yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah, cool. for sure. It's never gone out of style. Yeah, it's by far the best beach in town, Alki. Yeah, some might say Golden Gardens, but I'm probably partial to Alki. Yeah, no, Alki is hip because, yeah. like, you can you can cruise here. It's also you're not it's illegal now, but this was like a cruising place, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah drive your car back and forth all night, honk at girls, play the tunes. Yeah, the tunes. yeah totally. Yeah. yeah, it was it was down for a while, but they reopened the water taxi. Which is a pretty awesome way to get yeah, yeah. O- get over here from yeah, Seattle. So you, e- even when they reopened the West Seattle Bridge, which made it way easier to get up to West Seattle, you can still take the water taxi in the summertime. Really fun. A few bucks, take the taxi, water taxi over, hang out on the Alki Beach, then go back go back to Seattle, go back to civilization. Myself, I just swim across. Yeah, <laughs> that's just me. Hardcore. Would you ever give a beverage or a bite to eat at Marination? One of their cocktails or a little snacky snack at the Marination? I, I like their cocktails. They had really good crap cocktails and like a spam musubi or something like that. You know, just for I a little snacker. Before. Oh yeah, Marination's good. Mm. I'll give them a shout out. And right next door to Salties. Mm. Salties. Yes. Yeah. Let's give a shout out to some of our neighbors here in West Seattle. As I understand it, uh, Eddie Vetter still has a place here. Oh, is he still living here? Yeah, he's okay. still got. A, he's probably got a couple joints, but he right. still keeps his. Call, call Brad, call, call him up to see if he can get on the get on the uh, microphone here. Speed dial right hold, here. Hold, hold, hold on. on, hold on, hold on. We'll, we'll come we'll come right back. Hello, Eddie Vetter, live in this episode. Hey, hey, aha, Brad. Here's an odd one for you. <laughs> Former member of Steppenwolf. Former member of Steppenwolf. Goldie Johns. It's not ringing a bell. He he was the uh, I forget what he did I mean, he he did uh, like the piano or the bassist and he was in Steppenwolf and he got uh, kicked out of the band well he got he didn't get the rights on the music because he was going out touring and using the name Steppenwolf and it was in their clause that if any individual member used the band name while they were on tour they would take themselves out of the the rights and then so he lost all the money oh, wow. from all those songs and he used to come in and he'd paint all of his fingernails gold because that was part of his shtick because his name was Goldie Johns and my buddy Jerry used to know him and he said he was a bit of a prick so oh, yeah really? <laughs> so that's just that, that's from Sher- that's from my buddy Jerry that's all thanks to Jerry he used to live on Delridge apparently. gold fingernails in the 1970s that has cocaine <laughs> written all over it yes <laughs> yeah yeah Oh my! Thanks, Grandpa Bob. That was an interesting story about Steppenwolf. (laughs) 
sure that a listener or listener will get that reference. Actually, did you guys ever hear the rap version of Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf? Yeah, it's you know what the mashup about? one. Uh, it's not a mashup. Like some rap group back in the early '90s, I want to say, actually did nice. a cover of Magic Carpet Ride. Well, it's a funky song it is, on yeah. its own. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one to do. Well, Brad, call, call him up. Get him. Get him on the episode here. A couple other people we need you to call, Brad. Uh, Jeff Ament, bass player from oh, Pearl Jam, also has a joint yeah. here. And uh, everyone's favorite new country sweetheart, Brandy Carlisle. Who was just on here. SNL. Did you guys That's, see the latest yeah. SNL? Yeah, That's she was right. on there. That's right. Yeah. yeah. yeah I was telling my daughter the whole story about Great her. Great performance about how she was, uh, uh, Started out as a busker and at the Pike Place Market and made a big time. So, so yeah, shout out. Uh, stick I think around. Matt Lucan from Mudhoney too. I was just listening to some kind of podcast, and he lives here as well. So nice. Oh, we're looking at Goldie McJohn, founding member of. Uh, he looks like uh, Greg Allman mixed with Santa Claus. Describes a lot of seventies rock icons. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So, yeah, we have a special holiday surprise after the break. We're going to have a roundtable with Eddie Vedder, Jeff Ament, and Brandy Carlisle. Stick around. Satan's Pilgrims. Well, so this is, we're getting close to wrapping up season two. Our next episode is going to be at Shorty's. About effing time, right? We've we've been been talking about about it for a while. Two plus seasons. Well, and Avout even recorded an really episode with us, so uh, you really know. Really going to happen this time. We're, 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 we're going to be amongst friends, yeah. So we're looking forward to that. So stay tuned for that. Uh, until then, I guess we're going to call this uh, hitting it on the head. So, adios. Pilgrims, take us out. Thanks, guys. Like, subscribe, and what? What? Fo- follow? 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 Yeah. Tell your friends. <laughs>